Netflix casted Sabrina, The Walking Dead gets a new showrunner, and Ash versus Optimum. All that and more on this week's Horror TV Weekly. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I didn't even remember this from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That song was my jam. And I'm like, man, you know, now we'll just go with witch theme for the rest of these episodes. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm like, Bewitch, remember that band? I remember, like, there were these girls who had a Bewitch club, and then they didn't want me to be in it because uh-huh. I had to be Posh Spice in the Spice Girl club that I started, and everybody Ooh. wanted to be Posh. But, I get it. I you get know, it. back to ch- uh, enough of my childhood pain. I'm your host, Lucretia Lyon. <laughs> Guys, you can always find me at L A C R E T I A L Y O N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. But I am not the only one here. I'm joined by my lovely co host. Hey, y'all. This is Chauncey K. Robinson, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss Chauncey K. R. Well, let's just dive right into it, because there was a ton of horror TV news this week. So it wasn't just all tech at CES. We had a lot of scary shit on TV, right? Um, The Walking Dead got season nine renewal and a new showrunner. Angela Kang, who was a writer um, on the show after Scott Gimple was promoted. So, you know, it's not a real shakeup, per se. He got a promotion, and so they promoted her as well. What do you think about this? Do you think it's going to change the show at all, or...? I'm, I'm interested in, first of all, a woman being kind of the lead. Yeah. So yay for that. And also just, I mean, people have been talking about the fact that the ratings have been down. I mean, even though I think The Walking Dead is still the ratings juggernaut for AMC, the ratings have been down in comparison to previous seasons. So I think this might be a shakeup. I'm not exactly sure which episodes she has been ahead of before to kind of get a kind of a sense of her writing but i think if they're doing this maybe they definitely want to take things in a little bit of a a different direction then again she's been under them before so i don't know maybe it might just be more of the same since yeah i would think it's still gonna be a lot of the same stuff as you know say she's just getting a promotion but you may see a little bit of you know just tweaks here or there just because people have different styles and they like different stuff so i am curious too because yeah the the ratings have been down, but you're talking about down from the top show, exactly. and it's still kind of the top show. And, you know, kind of like the NFL's ratings have been down, but it's still a big you yeah, know, thing. Yeah, it's still the NFL. And, so. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that has to do with there's too many things out there, uh, you know, I hate to say, because we're content as well. You want all the eyes as possible, and that may be the thing, is maybe they're looking to shake things up to hopefully get some more new eyeballs. Yeah, and I, I think it's it'll be interesting, but once again, this is not a show that's based off of nothing. It's based off of the comic book series. So yeah. there's but so far they can really take it unless they're just like we're just not gonna follow anything anymore. So I think it's gonna be pretty much in the same vein that we've been seeing it, maybe a different sort of style here and there, maybe emphasis on different characters. But for the most part, I'm 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 guessing it's gonna be more of the same. Not and I don't see that as a negative because I actually yeah. think I mean, one of the things is with the lower ratings, I don't think it's necessarily a negative on the quality of the content that we've gotten with The Walking Dead, although there's been hits and misses. But there's been hits and misses to me even before this season. Yeah, exactly. And before the last season. So I don't think that has anything to do with it. It's just That's just how it is when the show ages. And two, Walking Dead has always sort of had, ever after the first season, 22-episode seasons. With anything I love that's 22-episode seasons, they have ebbs and flows. You know, you can only do a good 10-episode run or 13. 
13 at the most, as I'll say. And that's why, of course, there's ebbs and flows, just like with the ratings. But I don't, I, it'll be around forever, I swear. Yeah, exactly. I think this is one of those shows, and I think the, the showrunners have said before that they wanted to go on as long as the people want it. And as long as it has some form of, of, of decent ratings, of good re- ratings, and there's been shows in the past that have had way less than they have now for lower ratings that have stayed on way longer. Yeah, like Supernatural. Exactly. I love Supernatural. The ratings for that show have never been awesome no they just have a very loyal fan base yeah and, and the demo it, yeah. stays yeah. i think the 18 to 35 demo stays consistent for supernatural but that's just you know that's yeah there's a whole science behind like what certain channels look for and what they're going for but you know the thing with the walking dead it's not just the show itself it's the merchandise it's the spinoffs it's all of that walker stalker con walker stalker cruise exactly oh, yeah. there's so much that they have like kind of pending on yeah. <laughs> depending on this show that I I don't I don't think they're too worried about the ratings although the media has done a, a really I think elaborate job in uh really making that sort of the the sky is falling sort of oh the ratings are falling the sky is falling like oh. walking it is not in the in in any sort of danger of getting cut off yeah and we all know the media loves to use hyperbole yeah. and they love to hold things and you know make a big stink about this or that but I won't you know read my blog if you want to know about that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah look Let's uh, get into some more news here. Netflix finally casted Sabrina, and it's Kiernan Shipka from Mad Men, who's a great little actress. Yeah. I, I'm surprised by this, but I'm pretty excited. I haven't yeah. seen her in anything before. I, I know she was in Mad Men, but I haven't seen her in anything before. But I do like um, the look of it so far, um, especially with who they have. And um, I think it'll be interesting. The description, the new description that I saw of it kind of gives me a little bit I don't know I've been having a little pause of this show (laughs) from the beginning as everyone knows but it's like it sounds more like like someone else I've seen has commented it sounds a lot more like Buffy the Vampire Slayer than Sabrina the Teenage Witch what is what is a half witch like that's not a thing like it's it's a human being with powers unless they're doing some sort of different witch lore. Well, and two, I'm like, I went through a phase when I was a kid where I wanted to be a Wiccan, and that's a real thing. Like, yeah. And on Buffy, like, Willow did not have special powers. Like, she learned magic as one does. I mean, and, you know, that is a real thing, and I, I do find it odd that that's the direction they're going and sort yeah. of making her kind of like a slayer, as you said. And this is supposed to be a darker take, some, uh, coming from the Sabrina comic book, not necessarily the show that um, we saw that was a little bit happy-go-lucky. So I understand that they're going with a different source material, and I can get behind that. But yeah, I'm like, I, I don't really get the whole like half-witch. I'm like, why didn't yeah. we just have her learn magic from her aunt? That's exactly. a little bit more grounded. Yeah, when, yeah. when they said half-witch, I'm like, no, that's not, there's no, no. like, that's that's a weird lore of, like, of how to describe a witch. It kind of sounds like half-demon, half-vampire, like Blade, or yeah. something like that. And it's like, it doesn't, I don't, I don't know. The description definitely gave me Buffy the Vampire feel. Yeah. Like, you know, she's learning. She's, you know, she's the one thing between us and evil. And I'm like, wow, this doesn't sound yeah. like <laughs> Sabrina at all. This just sounds like, like I saw someone comment. It sounds basically like, you know, um, instead of a, a slayer, she's a witch. Yeah, in every generation, a witch is born to be Sabrina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I could pretty well recite that whole thing. Just switch out which. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just and so you kind of wonder what we're gonna get from that. I mean, not saying I ever want I don't ever want a Buffy reboot. I I want th- that to stay as it is. But I mean, if this is gonna be kind of in the place of that, maybe it would be sort of a, a non official uh, spin on 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, and, and that's sort of the thing is Buffy is so, you know, close to my heart. It was my favorite show. As I say, I, know, I was inspired to try to be a Wiccan mm-hmm. by, from Willow from the show. And that's why it's like this excites me in a way, but it also makes me worry that like uh, it's going to be like a Buffy reboot and, you know, not really translate as well. Yeah. So hopefully they keep that. Because as I say, Buffy's sacred. Don't touch it. <laughs> yeah, and one of the um, commenters, thanks for joining us in the chat, uh, is basically saying that Sabrina's mother, I guess, her mother is human. Hmm. But still, yeah. like, the whole thing with the lore, it doesn't really, doesn't matter if, like, one of or the other. Like, you still, like, inherit the powers. So that's, I guess, I guess it's a technicality of a supernatural yeah. thing. That's not actually science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, your lore. I just feel like it's like, well, it depends on who she got her powers from, but either way, she, a witch is a witch. Yeah. Uh, maybe, oh, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, Harry Potter has had that whole thing with mudblood, so maybe that's <laughs> where everyone's coming from, where she can be half or... Yeah, and I guess that is a thing, is it's more Harry Potter-like, which is why I don't get it, because that's the <laughs> one thing, like, I really missed the, the mark on, like, yeah. because of Buffy. Like, I was, like, I guess, way more mature than my counterparts like because i would have been the right age for harry potter it came out when i was in middle school but i was like buffy's way cooler than this yeah don't get uh, yeah did you just say that out loud like the potter fans are gonna be after us as i said i'm i was 13 then i i value harry potter i know why a lot of people love it but i missed the mark you know it's like i had to go back i'm watching smallville because i missed the mark then because i thought i was too cool for it yeah yeah Yeah. i was a jerk what do you want to say like (laughs) you look at my instagram you saw a picture of me flipping people off at 13 (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was just that cool but but, you know, since we've been talking so much about vampires, you know, Anne Rice's The Vampire Chronicles was going yes. to be adapted into a TV series. And now we're actually really excited about it because Brian Fuller yeah. is going to be doing it. It's like Anne Rice stuff, when done right, is amazing. Anne Rice stuff, when done wrong, is god awful. You get the Queen of the Damned movie, which sucks because I love the I love the Leah. Yeah, she was, was just, amazing. And that was a horrible movie. Yeah, because <laughs> too the actors in it were really good. Her and Stuart Townsend both, but then it was just a terrible movie. It, they just didn't you do know. her character right. Yeah. Her character has so much. I mean, one she of the had things, no lines. She had no lines, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, in the books, this character had so this character was like the character in terms of what the layers of of her character was and the layers of all the characters of the the ebbs and ties that they went through in characterization and i think with brian fuller what i'm excited about although i'm kind of over the vampire genre I, i've been for a while i i was never into twilight or anything like that and i sort of yeah, like i the don't vampire like my diaries. vampires sparkling. like up until season three i like the vampire diaries but even after that so I think with Brian Fuller, we're definitely, if, you know, his previous work is any indication, I think we're definitely going to get a lot more depth with, which is needed for sort of revitalizing this genre, I think. Yeah, with him at the helm, I feel like it's going to be like true blood, but with more plot, less sex. I mean, we'll still have the cool sex, depending on what network it gets on. I love cool sex. I'm weird. Cool <laughs> I was sex. like, uh, I'm like the uncool yeah. sex. Yes. Guys. <laughs> I was like, that's a weird thing to say. But yeah, like True Blood was a lot of sex and violence, which was great, but a lot of uh, it took away a lot of the plot. Yeah. But with Brian Fuller, it's like he's a weird guy, and I feel like he'll give it this like a cool, quirky thing like True Blood was, but have a lot more plot and depth. Kind of, I, I haven't really watched Penny Dreadful, but I hear that that was a really good show and, and you know, probably a good vampire genre. And American Gods, I mean, yeah. that's just a show where, you know, with the first season, they were able... It's it's such a beautifully, like, shot 
film. I mean, it feels like a film, but like series. And I think we might, and I think you need that for a for this certain genre of vampires, where it can get. It got to a point where it did get kind of cheesy. Yeah, you know. So I think you have to get back to the gothic, to the to the to the beauty of that darkness. And I think if if his like if American Gods and his previous stuff is any indication that we'll see that a bit more with this, mm-hmm. which I think I like. Yeah, because that's the thing about vampires is they are dark, and I don't mind fun stuff like, you know, how we are in the shadows and things <laughs> like that. But, and two, I don't mind a little quirky humor here or there, but it does need to be dark. And I feel like Brian Fuller is the perfect person to keep that balance. And we have some chatter in the chat here. Zeus uh, B. Lou says, if it's like True Blood, I'm in. But if it's like the Vampire Diaries, I'll push it to my sisters. <laughs> I like that. I, I feel like that's the best yeah. kind of way for it. And hopefully it won't be because the thing about the Vampire Chronicles, the thing about Anne Rice is that, you know, there was um, romance and stuff yeah. in there. But it was a lot of time, you know, such, such a um, exploration of characters, you know. And I think that was the shortcoming or that's been the shortcoming of the vampire genre recently in like the last maybe five to ten years is that it's been very much the center of it is that it's um what do you say like a a romance first and then they happen to be vampires and that's the sexy part (laughs) as opposed to this is a vampire and they happen to also like a human or like each other but they're vampires too guys you know like it doesn't lead and i think with this series we'll see it lead and that will allow it to be more dark i think as opposed to a romance kind yeah. of. Yeah. I mean, I you know me. I don't mind romance. Yeah, you're, the you're a ship queen. <laughs> but I, I think for the genre, it's just been so overdone to the point where vampires aren't even scary anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they're the easiest one to write about, but they're not the scariest anymore. It's, it's just been lost. Yeah, they're just sexy. I mean, anyone yeah. who's seen any of my computers know. I mean, I have a naked <laughs> picture of Alexander Skarsgård on the toilet as my wallpaper. Yes, I mean, I obviously. Seen yes. this wallpaper, guys. It's great. <laughs> But I digress. Uh, we uh, And CS also brings up, and I feel so old because I don't know who any of these people are. Because <laughs> I actually know a Ty Simpkins, and it's definitely not her. But they said that um, they may be looking at Ty Simpkins, uh, Dakre Montgomery, Mateo Arias, Jason Dolly, Bradley, Stephen Perry, and Leo Howard for Harvey's role in Sabrina. Oh. And I'm like... I, do you know who any of those people no. are? I'm like, I feel bad. I'm like, I don't know. They're who probably like 18, right? Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I I would assume they're young and they're probably just not kids on any show I watch. I mean, yeah. is, if you're not on the CW, I'm sorry. I probably haven't seen it. I think I, the only young guy I know, like young, young guy, the youngest guy I know that I actually fangirled over in my age range was probably Zach Afrin at this point. So I know <laughs> I'm out of date, guys. So like, I, <laughs> that was the last guy. We were like, we're like the same age, so... Um, I think I know the guy from 13 Reasons right now. I don't know his oh, name yeah. either. So maybe he's on this Yeah, list. maybe that's... <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry. If you want to tell us who these people are. Yes, so we don't feel so old. <laughs> They're former Disney and Nickelodeon child TV stars. Okay, okay. okay thank that's you. That's what's up. I'm like I know uh, Cole and Dylan Sprouse but that's because um, I like Big Daddy and they were on Friends and now you know Cole is Jughead who I I adore yeah (laughs) yeah that's funny it should be interesting it should definitely be interesting I'm interested now since we're talking about casting for Sabrina I'm I'm interested in the casting for the Vampire Chronicles who's going to play Lissette and all those yeah exactly because that's going to be a star making vehicle oh yeah I I would like to see them as much as I'd love it to be some really hot actor I love I want to you know maybe a new guy because like look at Tom Ellis with the Lucifer role nobody knew who he was and it fits perfectly I mean I knew him from he played on Merlin 
um, for oh, like yeah. he was actually Those... one of the bad guys on Merlin. I remembered him from that, and that's when I when I saw him on Lucifer. I'm like, oh, he has short hair in this. this is, yeah, he's like <laughs> moved on. But yeah, that was like UK stuff. So yeah, exactly. It can be a star maker, which I would like. I would like for someone new, as opposed to it being kind of a you know look at you know so and so playing this character everyone knows. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that's the thing, is when you get, you know, much like, you know, Stephen Amell or um, Grant Gustin getting the roles of the Green Arrow and Flash. We're yeah. glad that, they, you know, you give it to these unknown guys and now they've shot to stardom. Exactly. But, yeah, Gotta like... more room. Yeah. And speaking of things I actually do know and watch, IFC has renewed Stand Against Evil for a third season. Yes. Which is great. I love this little show um, because John C. McGinley once described it as... Al Bundy versus zombies, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's brilliant because Al Bundy's my favorite television he's character an awesome, of all he's time. He's like one of yeah. the best characters yeah. <laughs> ever. I, I love Married with Children. That was my yeah. show. Yeah, that's my favorite sitcom. I love it. And um, so that if you haven't seen the show, knowing that, hopefully you guys watch. And I'm glad it did get picked up for a third season because I've yet to catch up all on the whole, the whole second season yet because it you know, just came out in November and everything. And it's one of those that I like to just binge watch because mm-hmm. it's it's really funny. And, it, and Where do really people good... usually catch that at? Yeah, so it's on IFC, but you can also get it on Amazon Prime. Okay. Uh, it's available on there. Yeah, Amazon Prime. Okay, because I don't have IFC. So yeah. I think that can be also a hinder for some people, which we'll get into, like, when the cable messes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, why don't we transition to that? So, yeah, Amazon Prime is great. It saves things like, you know, Ash versus Evil Dead, <laughs> which is having a fight with Optimum, which... I was unaware is the main cable provider in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, and um, Connecticut. And so, yeah, that's this show heavily relies on ratings, as they say, and that this is the concern is losing that big market could really hinder the ratings. But Amazon Prime is where a lot of people can get stars and things like that. So hopefully those numbers still count. There is still hope, especially if, you know, this does, you know, happen to resolve itself by... February 25th, which is their premiere date. But yeah, it, it is just like, seriously, I, I'm so tired of seeing these little contract disputes. Yeah, it yeah. really, I mean, the people who suffer the most are the fans and stuff like this. You know, I, I know, I think uh, the show Power is also going through it at the same time because you see uh, stars taking yeah. to um, the Twitter and just telling people, hey, you know, call, call, call these, you know, your cable provider. And one of the things is, it's just like, I mean, I think we talked about this some episodes ago where we were saying the de- the slow death of cable in a way, yeah. in the sense of cable as we know it. And I think disputes like this kind of exemplify why this needs to happen. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's sort of the thing, is these little contract disputes. Because, I mean, from what I understand is Stars has been trying to make deals with them and mm-hmm. they're just, like, not helping and then they're also i mean stars has had a cease and desist for their comments because they're yeah. like this is not true what I is going that. on it's getting tested yeah that's why, i mean you're like i mean there's a hope but i don't know if yeah. that's gonna happen actually because it, they are going at it right now yeah it's just insane with these and i've seen it all over because whether you're with dish or spectrum or whoever they're always having contract disputes and this is Similar to, I'm a big hockey fan, but you know how many people are no longer hockey fans because of all the stupid lockouts? Yeah. And the sad part is, is it's usually a few vocal people and everybody else is like, I just want to play. That's why most, during these lockouts, most people go to play in another country. And, yeah. and they, they suffer and we suffer and, you know, it's just like with this cable stuff. 
the only people you're hurting are your fans and then eventually yourself because no one's exactly. gonna yeah how many people are switching because they don't want you know We're seeing, now. yeah it's gonna be the decay right it's, it's yeah. people gonna be like okay fine so I'll go to Amazon and that's how yeah. I'll take in this show so I'll just it's it takes way more and more reasons why people need cable where it's like for me my Roku is like a godsend it's like yeah. I have you know I have Shutter on there I have the Netflix on there I have a, a couple of stations that I watch and I get it on demand and, and that's I mean I still have cable for other stuff but usually it's just kind of background noise it's like oh I have nothing specifically I want to watch so I'll go on cable yeah but it's not you know at this point it's get, and with these little disputes it just gets to the point where you're like okay so you're holding my show hostage i mean power is like stars is like biggest like yes. ratings and they're they're holding that hostage hostage too i know there's some people in the chat Ziza, who's like you know bring power back and it's the same thing with ash it's just mm-hmm. like why what's who's benefiting from this and i think you know it comes down to money you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it all as I say, the only color of privilege or anything is green. Yeah. And it's it's just sad that we've gotten to that point in this country. But some happy news on the Ash front. Ash gives a little bit of parenting advice in this lovely video from Twitter. <laughs> Having a kid isn't always smooth sailing. You guys are gonna fight about all sorts of stuff. Curfews, money, who gets the remote? <laughs> Whatever it is, you have to deal with it in a mature, responsible way. (laughs) Just kidding. Kick their ass out, slam the door in their face, don't let those lazy scroungers back in until they say uncle. Or in my case, king. (laughs) Cute. I know, I'm like, oh, you know, after all this depressing news, let's have something happy. <laughs> Thank you for putting that on Twitter, <laughs> stars. Yeah. But yeah, and, you know, this is the season where Ash will finally be a parent. Not to Kelly, you know, since the showrunner shakeup of last year, but it still will be an interesting and fun bit, and hopefully everyone in this country gets to see it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. And, but speaking of some good news and something that's available to everyone, Hulu and Bloomhouse partner for a unique monthly horror anthology series. That will be uh, 12 episodes, and it's expected to premiere next October. So, yeah, you know, pretty quickly. And Bloomhouse, you know, of course, is responsible for, like, Get Out and Happy Death Day and stuff like that. One of the greatest production houses right now. Yeah, yeah. no, they've been having a great, you know, year so far. Um, well, not this year, but last year <laughs> with, I mean, Get Out, Happy Death Day, which was actually a really great movie. Yeah, I it was even, fun. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think I was going to like it when I went to it, and it was just, it was really good. And so I think this is interesting. Interesting. I think what's going to be interesting about it is that it's going to be released once a month, um, which is new. You know, um, this idea of instead of like a weekly thing and then it's done in 12 weeks, it's like through that throughout the whole year. And I kind of wonder um, how people might feel having to wait a month at a time. Yeah. And, and because it's standalone, I think it'll be easier but yeah, I mean, especially when we're in such an on-demand society, yeah. like you get stuff like Black Mirror and you can binge it all the way. But at the same time, I feel like this is almost a smart strategy because yeah. we don't need to have everything on demand. No. And, you know, it, it spoils <laughs> us and it, and it ruins us. As Adam Carolla says, he's like, Grubhub and on demand is kind of ruining your kids. And you've got to sure. wait. He's like, I saw someone with a um, how the Grinch sold Christmas DVD, and he's like, I remember being a kid, and you know, the only time you could see that it was it's one crazy, time yeah. at Christmas. This will ruin you because you have the journey, the anticipation is there. So I feel like this will actually sort of revitalize that a little bit. And I kind of like waiting in a way yeah. because, yeah, as you say, it's the anticipation that you know excites you more than anything. 
And I kind of wonder if it's like Masters of Horror. Maybe they'll get yeah. like big time horror directors. Yeah, that's what he's thinking. And that would be the thing is how many people are looking forward to seeing, you know, like Dario Argento or things like that. And so you'll get different people for different episodes as well. So maybe there's some people who don't want to watch all 12, but, you know, some people just tune in for, you know, someone they like. So that'll be interesting to see how the ratings are for something like that. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things, I mean, for... As much as we live in a binge culture nowadays, I've never really been too much of a binger unless I like am on a short time and I want to get something throughout the whole season. One of the positive things, uh, aside from the commercials of regular network television, was the idea that you had to wait a week or you yeah. had to wait some months so that you can kind of marinate on an episode and anticipate what was going to happen next week and, and things like that. So to kind of get back to that with this particular one, and also if they have juggernaut directors and writers and things like that, that would take time time i think it would bring back one of the major positive things of what we're now kind of missing out on on network television which is the anticipation you don't have that anymore yeah because that's the thing is i think about some of my favorite shows and they are the ones that i have to wait for i mean like i love everything you know the cw superhero shows and you know but i'm not gonna wait to binge it it's like no i need to watch it now (laughs) yeah I mean, too many times, like, especially with Netflix and other yeah. ones, like, the show will be like, it's premiering tomorrow, and then, like, by the end of the day, I'm already stumbling upon, I don't mind spoilers, but I'm already stumbling upon finding out what exactly happened in the whole season. And it's like, well, you know, now every, it's kind of like a movie just, like, 12 hours long for some people in terms of the way they watch it. So it would be nice to kind of get that anticipation with with this series. I'm, I, and I'm interested to see who they're going to bring in for it. Maybe Jordan Peele. Might. Yeah, that's what I was hoping. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, you see, you already worked for Jordan Peele. Let's yeah. see what he could do. Because as we say, you know, he's developing, you know, the Twilight, Twilight Zone, Zone series yeah. for CBS All Access. So, you know, he may have a little bit of time to direct an episode or two. And this is what's so awesome about the horror genre that's kind of, I think, coming back a little bit is that, you know, Get Out, um, and in, in a way, even Happy Death Day and stuff, it's, 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 looking at the at it as more legitimate yeah. you know and you so you can get the twilight zone coming back and people really thinking a studio really believing this is the time for this and something like this like this is the time for this as well and we have like dark on netflix and stuff so i think you know this is a this is kind of a renaissance for it and especially with so many um directors and stuff coming out who have some like depth to them which will be great. Yeah, because that's the thing is I feel like horror right now is coming into the zeitgeist and superheroes are kind of going oh, yeah. out. It's and becoming oversaturated. Yeah. I'll say that only after yeah. Black Panther comes out, though. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ruining that. It's not oversaturated just yet. Yeah, that's the thing is there's a lot of in Black Lightning. You have a lot of stuff coming out because that's the thing is there's still good superhero yeah. things coming out, but... I feel like they're sort of on their way out just because we've had so much in such a short time that it's now time for something new to reign. And that's, you know, horror. Because, you know, speaking of binging and horror, Critters is coming back with a new binge. Yes. And, yeah, like, this is really interesting because this is a movie that I, you know, franchise that I'm familiar with. But, you know, I didn't realize because we've got Tremors coming back as a yeah. TV series with Tokes Olagonde, who's a friend of After Buzz and mine. Um, so yeah, I'm really, you know, we're like Tremors and I'm like, oh, and Critters too. So they're making yeah. a TV show out of everything horror, yeah, just awesome. like the superheroes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
And, and you know, the, the awesome thing about it, though, with everything horror is that horror has so many different kinds of horror, too, though. So you can't, I mean, with with superhero shows, it kind of sort of can feel like, unless they're darker and grittier, like The Punisher and things like that, they can yeah. kind of feel like they're in the same vein. But, and I don't, I am a fan of superhero stuff, but, like, with horror, you can have the slasher fix. You can have the supernatural. You can have the creature feature. You can have the mysteries and the ghosts and not feel like you're watching the same kind of shows over and over again. Well, in two, you have stuff like Stan Against Evil and Ash vs. Evil Dead that and Lucifer that are more your funny, like, goofy, like, a little bit of elements, and then you start to get a little bit more serious. Like, there's, like, this range, and it's, like, they're... Up until like dark exactly. <laughs> on Netflix, it's yeah, and, yeah, it's and a long that's range. The, yeah, and that's the great thing about it. And with critters, I I love critters. I thought yeah, <laughs> there was just something about those little things that I actually found pretty like disgusting and funny at the same time, like their faces. And I remember in the fourth one, Angela Bassett was actually oh, there. Yeah. that's when they went to space, and that was one that was actually because I was younger, like in terms of what I watched, it was that one first and then kind of working my way backwards. And I'm just, I'm kind of excited to see it, like see how they're going to do it because it seems like they're going to be, first of all, it's going to be placed in Burbank, California, which, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, that was funny. I'm like, I love things when they're based in Burbank because when we're so close to Burbank, like yeah. Chuck, Chuck was based in Burbank. Yeah. It's funny when you live here. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, and it's and they're terrorizing high schoolers and their parents. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be funny, of course, because yeah. Critters was always, always had Always goofy, yeah. Element to it, and the people who made one of my favorite B movies, Zombievers, <laughs> is behind this. And once I saw that, I was like, "This is going to be my next favorite TV." Okay, series. good. You've seen Zombievers because when I saw that, I was like, <laughs> "I need to watch this film." So now that I know, it is definitely good it cheesy. Is one of the best, <laughs> yeah. It is one of the best horror flicks, B movie horror flicks on Netflix. Seriously, I've watched that so many times. It's basically. If you can go by the title, it's basically beavers who are zombies, and it's awesome. It's so awesome. I don't know, like I don't know when they had that pitch and they came to it, but it was. And if they're doing this for critters, kind of to think to come to think of it, the zombievers actually kind of reminded me of the yeah. critters things, like these little beavers running around eating everyone, and then you have the little fur balls doing it. So. It's yeah, right up their alley. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> this is pretty well in the same vein. And I love it because Netflix has a lot of great little cheesy horror it movies. It really does. Like Mutant Vampire Zombies from the, In the Hood <laughs> with C. Thomas Howell is excellent. I love C. Thomas Howell. Yeah. I, it, I think it's still on there. Okay, it's I gotta goofy. Check it out. <laughs> it, it's much like I would imagine the Zombievers is. It's so ridiculous, but it's fun. <laughs> And that's that's what's so great about it with, with horror. Like you can go into comedy and stuff can still be quality. And I, I think that's really what's great. And I, I'm pretty sure the Critters one is going to be a pretty much a horror comedy, which I'm fine with. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing is I like the, that we have that in a horror comedy genre a little bit more mainstream because yeah. you always sort of had Evil Dead and things like Critters here or there. But now that, you know, we've got that on TV as well, because what's more fun to laugh at than weird shit? <laughs> exactly. Like uh, I saw a preview for this movie. It was about uh, killer donuts or something. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and it's like, now it's their turn to eat or something like that. I'm just like, all right, I'm going to, cause I, I just, I see stuff like that. Yeah. And instead of like some people thinking that's not something to watch, I'm like, I totally have to watch that. And I think critters is in that same vein. So I think it'll be really exciting. Uh, real quick. Have mm-hmm. you guys ever watched uh thanks killing? I did. Oh my god! I need to Killer see that turkeys, one, yeah. y'all. Get stuffed. Oh my <laughs> god! It was so good. I loved it. <laughs> it's so good. The ginger. What was the name of the one with the gingerbread killer? That's on Netflix too. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, that one. Is and that then, Krumpus? 
Oh no. No, not Krampus. Oh, never mind. It, uh, it's like ginger it's like ginger man or something like yeah, that. Killer it's like ginger yeah. man or something. There's two of them. One and two. It's really it's funny and good. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah, just stuff like that is just fun. And I'm glad that we're finally in the mainstream with goofy stuff like that. Thanks to Sharknado, I will say. Yeah, Sharknado yeah. kind of asylum. Like, well, yeah, Sharknado definitely put that on the on the map, kind of brought it back. So, Well, speaking of bringing things back, a British sci-fi horror film Monsters is actually being turned into a television series um, by Vertigo Films for UK Broadcast Channel 4. And it's got Gareth Edwards at the helm, who uh, directed... Rogue One. I didn't even know that. I was like, wow, this is cool. Because I love Rogue One. I know that yeah. some people are a little bit on the fence about that one. And um, yeah, oh. Zia says, it is Killer Gingerman. Killer Gingerman. <laughs> Thank cool. you, Zia. Yes. That, everyone check that out. <laughs> yeah, like, going hey. off of, real quick, I just want to say, going off of uh, Gareth Edwards, mm-hmm. I loved Rogue One. It's possibly one of my favorite uh, Star Wars films. And I really enjoyed Monsters. Have you guys seen that? I haven't, no, so I'm glad you good. have. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's great. It was on Netflix for a while. Like, it's it's a very interesting story behind that film as well because hmm. they filmed everything, but they there it was a it was like a group of friends who wanted to film a movie, but they didn't know what they what the movie was going to be oh. about. So it's mainly just about like it, it's it's like yeah, Neil told me about it. So it's it's like a guy goes to Mexico to pick up a girl to get her, I believe, across the border somewhere or go somewhere. And they didn't know what the actual story was going to be until afterwards they figured it out. And then they added everything um, in, like, CGI uh, special <laughs> effects. What? Yeah, and they added all the monsters and the creatures after they shot the real live uh, action scenes. Interesting. Huh. Wow. Yeah, that sounds really cool. And as I say, I'm like, oh, Gareth Edwards, uh, he's got good work. This seems interesting to me. But And I kind of wonder, much like with a lot of these UK and Australian stuff, Shudder will probably pick it up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I can see this being on Shutter for sure in terms of um, just um, because they've been doing a lot of great things in terms of getting like newer, um, more independent horror and things like that. So it'll be um, it, it, it seems like it will be at home there for sure. Um, I'm kind of interested to see like um, the direction of like how long, how many episodes it's going to be and everything, given that this was a movie. So is it like a remake of the movie, but in TV series form? I kind of gather so, because okay. as you see, that's really popular right now. And I know people think that's sort of new, but and same thing with the superhero thing. It's like, no, the Hulk and Wonder Woman were kind of out like yeah. in the 70s. I mean, we tend to do the same thing over and over. No story has ever not been told. <laughs> yeah. It just depends on who's telling it. <laughs> like, yeah, because was it in the heat of the night? Like the TV show was based on, of course, the Sydney Poitier movie and yep. things like that. It's like, both were very good, new. actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So it's like we have a history of that, which is, but as we say, In the Heat of the Night was a good show. I mean, mm-hmm. and I was kind of sad when things like Bad Teacher got canceled on CBS because I wasn't sure of like, I'm like, oh, that was a movie, but why, how are they going to translate it? And it was actually funny, but like everything with Ryan Hansen, it gets canceled. I think, yeah. <laughs> I love him though. <laughs> I think it always depends on who's behind this. Yeah. And that's And that's the same thing like we were saying about the Vampire Chronicles. Yeah. Like, I think both of us were looking at like, oh, another vampire show. Mm-hmm. Then we see Brian feel like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Like, this might work. <laughs> because, you know, a lot of things have been told over and over again. A movie has already been out and now they 
want to do the series. Depending on who is going to be behind it, that'll determine the quality, I think. Yeah, I am very attached to Twilight Zone, much like with Buffy. It was something that I grew up with. I mean, I only brought my brother the complete series for Christmas last year. It yeah. was always important to us. And when they did the reboot with Forrest Whitaker, it was good, but it was very short-lived. And then you see Jordan Peele now doing it. You're like, oh, okay, I would be worried about a Twilight Zone reboot if it wasn't in someone's hands who probably has the same affection I do. Just like Berlanti being behind all the DC shows. Yeah. I'm comfortable with him being there because he's a fan. (laughs) And it just shows the power of, I mean, especially in the in the industry of Hollywood and stuff, you know, it's always who's getting cast and things like that. And I think I think we're in an era now where I think people are understanding the importance of the people behind the scenes as well. Yeah. I mean, we're pushing for more women directors, women showrunners, also, um, you know, just different kinds of people who, who can give a vision to something. Because unfortunately, in, in Hollywood, in the entertainment, a lot of stories are reboots and remakes. So we're in a need of sort of a, I would say, a renaissance of people behind the scenes who are like let's even if it's the same story let me do a different take on it which is is necessary right now yeah because that's the thing is you know you don't want everything to be the same but at the same time there what is it the member berries on south park we do still love that nostalgia and and think of something original like stranger things that draws from a lot of stuff like you can sort of have an homage to something without being a direct copy or a reboot and it still works out yeah yeah and that's the thing about horror where you get that space to kind of break things down in such a drastic way because of you know whether violence gore or whatever you can be drastic with it and i think maybe because we've had the nostalgia of superheroes and things like that for some time that has so much history to kind of go back into horror where it's like it can be a new kind of monster or a new take on a monster that people are gravitating towards that a bit more yeah because that's the thing is you know they're remaking halloween again of course and it's going to be more of a continuation after the first one but you've got somebody like danny mcbride you're like how's that going to work but he's one of my favorite actors so hey you know what this this should be cool it's not just on tv they're doing it in the movies too and zs has said oh they're bad it's the ginger dead man i knew it was dead man it was some cute pun yeah i was like that's a better name (laughs) like i love puns right all right i think we finally got through all that news i was worried i'm like there's a bunch of news this week which is good yeah and as i say i think shutter's got a few more exclusives we'll talk about more um when we come back in a few weeks because we'll be off next sunday guys but catch us tuesday we have a special interview with mario van peebles for the sci-fi show superstition we're going to do a little bit of a wrap-up there and before we sign off, where can they keep up the conversation with you, Chauncey? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Miss Chauncey KR. And also happening this Tuesday, The Flash is coming back. And you can find me on the after show of that. All right, guys. And I'm Lucretia Lyons. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And my podcast, Mrs. Brightside, finally has a release date. It will be February 6th. And you guys will recognize a lot of the people on the podcast since they are usually after buzzers and things like that. But I like to take the bright side of everything, even negative stuff like starting a career late in life, growing up in the South, things like that. So I hope that you'll join me on the bright side. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you guys so much and have a good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.